Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left of center artists. My name is Rain Phoenix, and today's very special guest is Girl in Red. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Please welcome to the show, Girl in Red. Hello, Girl in Red. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love your hat. You're representing for us Angelinos. Yes. You know, I... I think LA really needs some more representation here from Norway. So I'm really glad to be that person. <laughs> Can I just tell you that Oslo is one of my favorite cities when I was touring and I, I was 21 and we, I was a backup singer for a big band and we toured all over the world. And Oslo was one of those places that really mesmerized me and I loved it. And that's where you're at. Am I right? That's exactly where I am. And same. It is beautiful just like most of Europe, but this is specifically beautiful. Yes. And you're 22. Is that right? Yes. I'm 22 years young. Wow. Yes. Very much so. We're all really lucky for your time quarantined at home because your record is astoundingly beautiful. Thank you for sharing it with the world, writing it, producing it. Um, really powerful lyrics, music, production, all of it. Um, how the hell did music find you? It started quite early. I think actually when I was like six years old, I figured out I could sing and I would want to like compete against my sister who's tone deaf. So it was really good for me to get that, you know, boost of knowing I was actually good at something. So from a quite early age, I was like, I love, I love singing and singing and I love music, but I didn't really have like a musical upbringing or a musical household. It was, everything was just coming from the radio like in the background and we didn't have like a record player. We did have a CD player uh, and like a disc man. That's pretty cool. I want to get one of those now. Like what happened to disc mans? I have a bunch of my own CDs right there. I want to, I want to listen to those. Um, yeah. So that, I think it grabbed me quite early. Wow. And so no one else in your family is very musical. Not only did it grab you, but like music was a craft to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you crafted songs and it seems like something that you didn't just like, oh, I like this, but you dove headfirst into obsession. Is that a fair assessment? I have a very obsessive personality when it comes to like, like this thing you're seeing right here that has a lot of mess on it right now is a fingerboard ramp. And I've always been obsessed with like weird stuff. And when I got into music, I just fell like head over heels for that. And it became like who I am and at that time was. And I remember like my Instagram bio was just like musician, 16 years old. And I was like, like even when I turned like 20, I was like, I didn't call myself a musician because I was like, I have too much respect for that word and kind of that whole kind of life. So I wouldn't call myself that. But from an earlier age, I was, I found so much, of myself in sort of this kind of music world. Also hanging out with other music people, but also just like sitting in my room and just playing guitar and then realizing I need something more than guitar. I need piano. And then being like, this isn't enough. I need to produce my music and I need to do it myself right now. And your parents, I assume were supportive, even though they weren't musical. Yeah, they were really supportive. And like, but my mom was also, she always wanted 
like she wanted me to have like a plan B because like you you need a real job kind of that conversation which a lot mm-hmm. of people uh, like I have friends now that are actors or like costume designers and they've all had that come for them like people saying like when are you going to get a real job and stuff so I haven't gotten that recently though because you know I'd be in everyone's faces here in Norway uh, from the local newspapers uh, with how well it's going for me right now but who knows how long that's going to last fingers crossed more than a little bit more Uh, anyways I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) at this point I think you're doing great is Oslo supportive of art and music in that way like you know i know in canada let's say they give grants to musicians to make records and go on tour is oslo supportive in that way with the arts as well yeah we have something called culture which is like kind of the 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 people with like the scary capes that allow gives people money like you sent you apply (laughs) then some like masked person you know gives you twenty thousand dollars or whatever it's uh we do have those and it it is a very good environment here to create uh but you know uh, i also have like another studio for like painting like a like a painting studio i don't know what those are called we have a word for it here it's called atelier you guys might have a similar one i'm not sure it's not like that in the United States anyway. Relationships, uh, love, sexuality are pretty much like number two. If I was num- if music was number one, number two was like, who am I going to get to love me? Who am I going to love back? Who, you know, like, and always like unrequited and all of this sort of yearning that goes on with, uh, and it's great fodder for songwriting. And it does seem like your record is rife with it, um, is... Would you say that that's a number two obsession, or is that a, does that top music? <laughs> uh, that's a. I feel like music is the top. Like that triumphs everything all the time. Whether if it's like hanging out with friends, or going on a date, or finding you know being with someone I'm interested in, it m- music is like it it tops everything. But I feel like uh, love and kind of sexuality is it's just becoming more and more prevalent because like I'm just getting to know myself more and more and it's just becoming more exciting almost so like I don't know I think I will I was I've kind of always been like very interested in like love and kind of exploring my sexuality from a very young age but now I'm kind of exploring it and I think I I think I kind of I think as 16 year olds do they think they've got it all figured out and like this is what it is but now I'm kind of come to this point again where I'm like oh what I thought everything of love and relationships and everything is not really what I thought it was and I'm kind of like rediscovering something that I don't really know what is yet but it is very exciting so it's I think it might be a two now like it's it's music and then like this big thing of just like love and sexuality and relationships and dating and stuff you identify as she her correct Mm -hmm. and when if you don't mind me asking when did you know that you were attracted to girls women how early like the earliest I think is like really early like eight years old because I remember um girls like I would be really intimidated by girls and I used to be like oh I'm scared like I like I felt like there was like 
attraction between me and other girls at that age. And I didn't know that that was attraction because I just felt, I just remember feeling like excited, but also a little bit uncomfortable and also just like a little bit like, I'm scared that you like me or like, even though that was such a weird thought because I think I was literally just as an eight-year-old projecting my own fear that someone else, like I was scared that I was going to like this person. But in my head, I was like, it's because I'm scared you're going to like me. Uh, <laughs> so from a, yeah, from a really early age. And then I kind of suppressed my feelings. I remember in eighth grade, I fell in love with a girl. And then I was like, no, no. And then in ninth grade, I fell in love with another girl. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then in ninth grade, I also got a boyfriend. And, that, and then, you know, I just suppressed everything. And I was just like, no, I don't like girls. And I, I would just have these like inner dialogues with me, myself, and just be like, no, you don't like girls. And I just couldn't even say it to myself. I was just lying to myself for a very long time until I fell in love with another girl. And then I concluded with the fact that I do really, I do like girls. It was just inborn in you that like, it was best not to be into girls. Like what propelled that? Was it society? Was it family? Do you, you know, again, up to you to expound or not on this. I'm just I think curious. it was like society. And also I had been watching since like late seventh grade or like eighth grade time ish. I had been watching YouTube videos of people coming out because I remember that was like an obsession at one point. And, and I would like turn my computer around so like my mom wouldn't see, like if she walked in, so she would just see the back of the screen. And I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just like on YouTube watching some videos, whatever. Uh, and when I watched those videos, everyone made it seem so hard. And it was just like this big thing to overcome. And then I watched videos of people, you know, saying like, hey, yes, I came out and it was a terrible experience. Now I'm homeless and I'm just 18 years old and I'm living on the streets of LA. Like there were so many di different types of videos. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of built something up in me. I don't know what it was, but it definitely something definitely built up. Uh, and yeah, my mom. Scary. Yeah, exactly. It was just yeah. really scary. Plus like I didn't have anyone around me either. So like, it wasn't super normal. It wasn't like I could, and I didn't have Instagram. I couldn't just go on there, see some girl making music and just like living her best life and also being like queer. Like that just wasn't prevalent in my early teens. Courageous and good of you to eventually, like you said, not push it away, but embrace it. I'm sure that must've been a huge relief and, it seems like you were supported because you're doing what you're doing and living your best life, right? <laughs> I, I, my mom, she like, she couldn't care less. My dad was a little bit like, what? Like, are you a pride girl? Like he, he had to like, I think he spent like two years just like stop calling my girlfriend for like a friend or like, and stuff. And I always, I would call him out on that. Like, she's not my friend. She's my girlfriend. And she would, he would be like, Ooh. but he's all good with it now. Um, I just think he's like an old fashioned dude, like some men are and also women, but yeah, especially yeah. Norwegian men from the north of Norway. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you watch TV or, or process any pop culture, which I assume you have, but yes, you know, all, all the signaling is, is pretty straight and on most TV shows, like only in the last decade has it started to change a little bit to where you can find shows that are about all of us and not just, you know, hetero white people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. I, 
I would have loved to seen some some more gay shit, you know, as a young teenager. And like, I but I, I mean, I enjoy. I obviously enjoy any type of series just because if it's good, right? Uh, and, like then it's good. But it's just like to be able to see a, just another good show that just feels a little bit closer to your heart is so important. And yeah. I I remember when I first found like my first video that that was on YouTube. That was like a a Haley Kiyoko music video. It was called uh, the song was called Girls Like Girls. And the first time I watched that, I felt so much more like, oh, this is exactly what I've been feeling. And this feels like my sh- situation. And I think I'm going to go I'm going to go further with this relationship that I'm kind of I really want to get into, but I'm holding myself back. And when I remember it, when I watched that, it was just like this relief. And mm. Uh, so I definitely think it's so important with more, uh, yeah, with just more queer characters and, and that don't, oh, and it's where it's not about being queer, but it's just like, Hey, this character is queer. And it's like, it's not about the struggles. It's just about like other normal life stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like normalizing it, which it, it, it should be everything, Everything that we want and desire to be should be considered normal outside of harming others or, you know, animals outside of harming. I feel like, you know, if the, whatever it is that, that our heart is moved to, we should be supported for in a society that is about supporting its people. Let's talk a little bit about your record, shall we? Like you drove between Oslo and the country. Um, And you made it out. Do you like kind of hold up out in the woods to make it? Is that right? Well, I like that all over the place. Like I've lived in the woods and then I lived in the city and then I've just lived a little bit all over the place in the Bergen area. This driving around hopping houses, I assume it was very conducive to the creative because of the outcome. I do want to ask that question is how the lyrics come to you, whether it's something that is premeditated or like, I'm going to write a song about a girl that broke my heart, sit down and write it. Or if you sit down at the piano and words start, melody comes out along with what you're playing, or I love to hear about process in terms of songwriting, if you want to share. Okay, so there's a lot here. Obviously, it's the whole album process. And it's then it's the more like narrow or like the actual song stuff so i could start with the i could start with the whole process which was uh the bergen time which well i i started making the record in my apartment here in oslo uh and also on the road while i was touring in 2019 so it was kind of a a mixture of like road production ideas and then working here in my apartment and then i had at the beginning of 2020, I had like 11 ideas that I was like, I want to pursue all these ideas. They have all excited me at some point with like this very special feeling that I get when I know that a song has like an, a great idea. Um, and I had, you know, verses and choruses and some lyrics and some songs had full lyrics, some songs didn't. I brought all of that to Bergen uh, throughout the entire year of 2020 with Matthias Tellers, uh, who co-produced the album with me. And uh, yeah, it was a very long process, but I think it ended up pretty good. I lived at, in different cabins and I, I lived with uh, with my friend for some time and I stayed in the city of Bergen. So it was like a bunch of different impressions all the time. And it was I went for beautiful hikes there and then I would go back to Oslo and then I'd just be here 
kind of like trying to recharge before I went back. And it kind of went on like that for the entirety of the year and the pandemic. Uh, that was where the first year of the pandemic, at least. Hopefully the last full year. We'll see. Probably not. Anyways, uh, and then the actual songs, they I, they are not that premeditated. I never sit down and I'm like, okay, this now I'm going to write a song about this. Because that, I think that if, I don't know, if you, do you write songs? I do. Yeah, okay. Because that has never worked out for me. I that haven't is, either. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I, I'm always asking that. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like a lot of people who want to write songs sit down with that approach. And then they're like, what should I write about? Because like, right. I, and then they never get further because and then they text me uh, someone like a 15 year old girl and then they're like how do I write songs like I don't know what to write about and then I'm like girl just like get a like just it really is just about like getting a sentence down and it could be anything it could be fully rubbish and then it could be something completely else like I'm running low on serotonin it was just which is the first like the the chorus single yeah serotonin Mm -hmm. was just like a random Thing that came to my head and I never had imagined that it would turn into what it is right now so it it really is just about like saying allowing yourself to write the most silly stuff and then being like okay but what is it here that is interesting or is there anything at all and if it's not how can what can the next line be to make that first line make sense when it, it did make sense and how can you kind of just like try to tell a story because now at least I counted, I think the other day, I have 22 songs on my Spotify. And that's 22 songs with different narratives and different stories. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, where where is this coming from? And where can I get more of it? Because now I'm like, I've made an album. I have like two EPs. I need more. I need to make more music to continue this career. And now I'm kind of like, I need to figure out again how to write songs because it's been a while. So 22 songs, one for every year you've been on the planet. I like that way of looking at it. That means (laughs) I can buy myself a whole new year to get a new song. Hey, look, enjoy the right now. You just put out this record. Um, Enjoy that part. I mean, and thankfully you've released the first, well, you've released the record when it appears as if things are opening up, we hope by the fall you'll be able to go play some places, right? Is that what people are planning for you? Yeah, we definitely want to. We want to try to get, you know, cracking on the shows as soon as possible. But it's also important for me that I get some time to start working out and get okay. By the looks of this, like what you're seeing right now, you can definitely see that I need to start somewhere because if this is how I look when I jog, then I'm going to be bullied. So. <laughs> Um, I definitely need to, uh, you know, restore my body and get ready to be back on the road. Maybe this mm-hmm. fall or early next year. We'll see. If you can do your workout uh, at the venue, I've found. Oh. I used to rollerblade around um, when I was on tour at your age. And I mean, these were stadiums because I was backup singing with a big band. And I would just rollerblade around. At the time, I was singing with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I did backup singing for them for a couple of years. That's iconic. In this conversation with you, I've been thinking back of like, wow, if I was 22 and I was as self-possessed as you are now at 22, where you're like making your own music, like it was the Chili Peppers asking me to be a backup singer that got me to where I had the confidence to start my own band when I was like 25. You know, like you're already like started when you were 16 and knew that. Especially the fact like that 
I knew so much when I was younger. Like I saw this thing on my phone the other day, like like a memory in my photo roll that like said that in 20, like in 2025, which is in four years, I'm going to be a fully educated teacher and I'm going to be working at the high school I'm at right now. And I'm going to be married to this boy I'm with right now. And that was at me at like 15, 16. And I had it all figured out. And I was like, I'm, I was so certain all the time. But now I'm like, I'm fully letting go of like what my life is going to look like when I'm 30 or like whatever. You know what I mean? And that yeah. I... That, I love that. I'm so happy I'm come to that point also. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, my point was that you ha, you're so self-possessed at 22 in a way that's really it's like you're you're the the dream is to have that kind of awareness and to th- let it only grow and grow and grow. Like I'm almost 50 and I'm like, yes, finally I'm having more awareness about things, that's you know. Good. So my mom so has me a bunch of stuff. She's like, here's a here's an app called calm here's an app called <laughs> and i'm gonna give you this yoga mat and i'm gonna give you this self-care <laughs> book but uh she's worried it's, very helpful. it's all love it's so you have kids important now? no i don't have kids i don't want kids is yeah, it i never did obviously it's like me being 22 right now being like yeah i don't want kids like i i i have friends now that are getting kids and i'm like yeah i don't want that but I'm wondering if that's the same me as like I was si- when I was 16 and I would be like, I'm going to get married to this boy I'm with right now and I'm going to be a fully educated teacher in 2025. 20, so I wonder <laughs> if it's like the same kind of like I'm so like I really sometimes it's like, how do you even know that you know something you never really know? But you could very easily in 10 years be like, all I want is to have five children and you could do it. You have plenty of I time. Mean- I mean, I want to at least I want to get some chickens and some goats and just like live in like the countryside of Norway. We were talking about like some supernatural materials in the in the woods of Norway and just being really like self sort of like I am growing my own stuff. And then maybe yeah. who knows? And but I, the one thing that has gotten me really excited recently, like we're totally going off course right now. I'm sorry. But one thing that has no. definitely gotten me excited is that when I when I say like in 10 years time. I'm still just going to be 32. And that makes me so happy because I'm, I, I love life. I can't wait to be alive every single day. Uh, there's so many people who don't feel that way. And we're so lucky to have uh, this kind of consciousness and awareness and to be able to explore life, you know, and it's painful and it's all the, it's all the sadness too. But in that, I'm here for the, the sadness the magic. too. Yeah, of course you are. You can tell by your songwriting that you're not afraid of it. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm diving into that stuff sometimes <laughs> way too much. But yeah, and then I'm, I'm, sometimes you got to learn to get up, up from there like that, you know, diving hole of sadness too, because it's not good to wallow. Do you ever sometimes just sit down and like it, it kind of something falls out and you can't stop it and you just keep writing? Or is it always something that you kind of like throw out one good thing and then you work on that? Well, sometimes it's like it, it can definitely but I feel like the best songs are the ones that I it just c- keeps coming. It's like when yeah. like I when I get like a word that's like cave and then like it, the, all the words that kind of sounds like cave and the words that definitely s- like rhymes with c- cave and like all those words just come in and usually they come in with like longer sentences that just gives me more material to work with. And I feel like those songs are always the best songs and like 
I remember serotonin, like the rap part for serotonin was like one of those songs where it just started like, I get impulsive thought was the first one. And then I was like, is it impulsive the right one? And then I was like, no, intrusive. And then like, it just started like snowballing. And then I just, and I, and then it was like this little like hole somewhere in my body just like poured these things out. Like, cause then I just started remembering like, oh, one thing that I've been worrying about is like my therapist hating me. So it's like, when it feels like my therapist hates me, please don't let me go crazy. And all these, like, it literally just came out in like five minutes. And it's the best. It's the best. And it's it, like, it's moments. Like, I feel like there are two moments that really I live for when making music. And it's the one where you're, I'm producing something that at some point just really, really excites me. And then I'm like, whoa, I don't feel like I've heard this anywhere. And it sounds so cool with my music. And then it's the one where I'm like, I, I, it just a lot of lyrics come out because writing songs can be a pain in the ass. Let's be honest. It can be, (laughs) it's like, I know a lot of people, and I used to be one of those. I like, I really used to romanticize writing songs. I, I would like sit on a cafe, just like doodling some hearts and shit. But like, it is, it is a craft and it's a grind. And it's actually really, it's a lot of hard work to get a good song. So that being said, I live for the moment when it's easy. <laughs> yes. Or for the moment when after all that hard work, you're like, it's done. That feeling of knowing yes. the song is the song is probably one of the best feel outside of performing in front of an audience that uh, that symbiosis of energy that happens when you and the audience are one pulse kind of together, yes. that feeling and knowing you've you're done with the song and it's exactly what it should be is right. I mean, it's like, to me, that is kind of like godlike. And that's like yeah. spiritual. I, it's such a spiritual feeling. Especially the one you mentioned, like, uh, knowing that it's done because that's like sometimes sometimes you can literally have the same amount of lines like you have all a b b b or like all those things but it still doesn't sit right with you and you're kind of like this like this isn't done even though i have everything that i have all the lines i need for it to work but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's still right so it's it's songwriting is such a weird and mysterious and kind of magical process for me because like I've recently actually just like let go of the process. Like, I don't even know what it is at this point. I don't know where I start. I don't know where I stop. It's kind of all just like intuition and kind of just like uh, the first step is just starting out. And that's sometimes the hardest. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's my process recently. It's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to hit play somewhere in my brain and just start writing in my moleskin book that I love very much. Ooh, cool. Thank you for that tidbit so you write in a moleskin book you handwrite. Yes. you don't like type on your computer i have i have obviously i have my notes app that i hold that very dearly as well to my heart uh on my iphone and just like on my mac and on my right. mac so it's all like in the yeah. same sort of ecosystem which is yeah. amazing but yes. I, do, I love the the tactility of my moleskin do you love performing live? Is is it more fun than being in the studio or or is it equal or less? Uh it really depends because like I've I've had a longer I've thought about this for a long time because I remember in 2019 when I was really depressed, I felt like touring was not something I did for me at all. It was not something positive for me. I felt like I was doing it to make other people happy. And then I was like, but hey, there's joy here as well. I can I can find meaning in knowing that I'm giving meaning to others. But I just what it was really hard for me 
But now I realized that touring was actually so important to me. I just think I was in a bad place uh, because touring makes everything feel real. So, and I, I love performing, but I also love writing songs. And I kind of feel like I wouldn't be able to do. So maybe like I love writing songs like 60% and then like playing live is like 40, but like also that 40% can easily be doubled into an 80%. So there's really no logic here. <laughs> I love it. I know that you basically answered my question, but maybe I'm I'm making up my own sort of answer. Are you more an introvert than an extrovert? Are you someone that likes your alone time? I'm I'm in like I'm an extroverted introvert. So like I'm very outgoing. Like I love including everyone. I love making everyone feel seen and just being a very warm person is kind of like what I want to be and what I think I'm, I am, but it, it, it's all like, I, I don't get anything back from the, those interactions. So it's, I'm definitely like at the end of the day or at the end of the show, I'm just like so dead, but also I do get a, that being said, I get so much back from a, an energetic crowd. Like that is right. like, don't, I don't take a good cr- a crowd for granted because I've played some bad shows and it's literally like when jumping up and down playing a, sh- a, sh- a sh- like show and like a chorus and like there's like no one singing along. It's like literally like feels like jumping on the ground, but jumping up and down with a bunch of people going nuts feels like jumping on a trampoline. You know what I mean? Because it's <laughs> like it's just like you get that totally. lift. You know what I mean? Yes, so, the best. Uh, it is yeah. the best. So it's, that's, yeah. that's when it really, that, that, that 40%, cause like obviously playing shows also, it means a lot of traveling and touring. That's why it feels like it turns to 40, but the actual shows are 80. I always ask everyone how music finds them, but also I like to ask, what is your form of activism? How does your global heart resonate? I've been thinking about this a lot recently because it, it's a very big question and it's something that, you know, I haven't been like super like I haven't had this like super clear thing because like I I especially thought about it because obviously now that I'm just being a very openly queer person and I'm talking very openly about my sexuality and a lot of songs I've sort of been looked like or perceived now as like a queer icon and and a lot of people have an expectation with that that I am some sort of activist and and then I'm like, I'm actually not an activist. I'm just like a gay gal making songs. And then I was like, wait, okay. So what really does matter to me? So I've like been thinking about that for the past four weeks, maybe, because I feel so uncomfortable knowing that I'm not even sure because like, I obviously care about the environment. Like I've done several things to try to improve like my touring, not being like so harmful, like carbon positive stuff. And then obviously I've been caring about human rights and like black lives matter. That's something really important to me. And, but then I, I've kind of felt like a little bit spineless almost. And it's uncomfortable even saying it out loud because I feel like as a 22 year old, I should have this like thing that I'm just like, yes, like go this. Does, does that make sense? But then I'm, I'm kind of like, I care about all these things, but I'm also so absorbed into my own little music creation bubble and kind of like girl in red. And yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually articulated this out loud to anyone, but you. There's something about how you're doing it that's that's connecting in a broader sense. And that 
can if you have that aspiration. So it might be cool that we, I asked that question just that now you can make that part of your aspiration that the work that you do and the songs that you write really are a form of solace for artists and, and activists alike who need to connect through music and feel, you know, seen and heard and, and less anxiety when they hear great music. So maybe that's, and you could just say like, that's my form of activism. I make music I make <laughs> and that's okay too. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. for everyone. I mean, you know, it's like you are really amazing at what you do. You don't have to next, you care. You obviously care about the world at large and you're not just myopic, but even in the times that you need to be, that's could be a really great thing for everyone because you're writing great songs. <laughs> that's <Thank> my <laughs> assessment. <laughs> Honestly, that, that assessment felt like a warm hug because like it has definitely been something that has kind of been like, you know, it's not like I don't care. It's just like, I'm not, I can't put my entire life to all these things when I'm putting my entire life into writing these songs. I'm kind of, I don't know, like you said, being in people's lives, but in their ears and not in many other ways. But I, so I thought, I thought that was, that was beautiful said. That was beautifully said. Sorry. And it had oh, to correct good. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask one more question because I'm sure there are a lot of girls and women out there who are curious if you have a girlfriend. Yes. You do. Okay. Don't. I am single and, uh, and, uh, oh, here my dogs come. Yeah. That's wait, my dog just came in, uh, in, into the room. No, I don't have a girlfriend actually. Surprisingly enough, being this charming and no girl friend. I'm sure, I'm sure the lap dance is coming as it, as it were. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I've actually never had a lap dance in my entire life. No, I know that is an expression. Too many years uh, touring with the oh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. My point was, we're just going to let our watchers and listeners know that Girl in Red is single. So <laughs> go to her show, do your best to try and get backstage. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh my God. I love you so much. <laughs> You're going to have fun on tour. This is going to be a great couple years for you. And thank you so much for your service and music. It rules. Like I love, absolutely love your record. It's so beautiful. Me too. <laughs> cool. Honestly, Good. A lot. I've been listening to it on repeat and then I'm like, I can't believe I made this. And then I'm just like, it's all a mystery because I forgot everything of how it was done. And now I'm going to do it again and forget about it at some point. And we're talking about Girl in Red's record. If I could make it go quiet. Thank you for being on the show. Would you like to introduce the song and video? Hello, I'm Girl in Red and you are listening to Launch Left. This is my song, Serotonin. I hope you like it. I'm running low on serotonin Chemical imbalance got me twisting things Stabilized with medicine There's no depth to these feelings Dig deep, can't hide From the corners of my mind I'm terrified of what's inside I get intrusive thoughts like cutting my hands off like jumping in front of a bus like how do i make the stop when it feels like my therapist hates me please don't let me go crazy put me in a field with daisies might not work but i'll take a maybe oh i'm breaking daily but only me 
really stop When there's control, I lose it Incredibly impulsive, so scared I'm gonna end up doing something stupid But I try to contain it Oh, it gets so draining It's like my heart is failing Every night I'm contemplating My inner voice is saying tough So I try to brush it off Yeah, I try to brush it off Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 